0: those kids you know what we do let them hear you yeah good 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 morning everybody everybody have a good weekend so far come on Super Bowl Sunday next week come on y'all know Super Bowls next week who, who are you rooting for come on who's, who's going for the Kansas City Chiefs get a shout out come on who's going for whoever they play Come on. who they play San Francisco 49ers who's going for the 49ers come on who how many of y'all are going to be chipping and dipping and don't care come on Ooh, there you go there you go there you go there you go. <laughs> the Raiders aren't in, so we don't care. Is that what somebody said? Wow. Wow. They're moving closer, though. Well, no closer, uh, they're, they're going to be in Vegas right next year. So y'all seen the stadium over there in Vegas? Man, y'all, y- y- right there on the highway, pretty cool, man. So uh, they'll be just four and a half hours away if you want to go that way. I know Deb Batchman's probably. Deb, you going to have season tickets? Yes. Yep, there you go. There's Deb Batchman, season ticket holder, Raiders. So if you want to get close to the Raiders, you get close to Deb, and you don't need to go. Come on. Deb decorates Christmas uh, black and silver. That's how she decorates Christmas. So, uh, anyway, I don't know if it's got to do with anything this morning, but let's let's come on, let's jump into the Word. Uh, we just finished a, a three week series on prayer and fasting. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, and then as Brittany said, next week we're starting a four week series in the month of February on relationships because. We all deal with relationships in life, whether you're you know, a kid or you're a you know, single person or a married couple. Uh, relationships are just part of our life. And when it comes to marriage especially and navigating that field, how many you know that can be a war zone? No one wants to say amen here, so we want to try to get some uh, get some skills from the Word of God, and get some tools from the Word of God, so we can get through marriage successfully and and all the relationships that we're dealing with. But so we've kind of got a free Sunday, if you will, today, and and uh, I want to kind of go to a a theme that we regularly talk about in church. want to say regularly, about once every two years I'll come and I'll I'll come back to this one portion of Scripture and I'll I'll talk about it and and this just happens to be that Sunday Uh, there there is something that as we'll talk about today really if you're looking for a title there'll be an image behind me we really just want to talk about foundational things and and really the foundation of your life and I think that that we don't give enough uh, time and enough attention to foundational issues in our life and so when we come through life that people just go to school and get some knowledge or or just do that and we add that into our life and and maybe it's maybe maybe it's a health challenge and well we'll just you know join the gym and and you haven't had you know gone to have a doctor's visit yet and so maybe you try to do certain things and the and the instructor's trying to get you to something and you wind up pulling the muscle or you wind up getting hurt and so you're 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 trying to get strong and you actually got weak because it set back 6 months because you injured yourself because you didn't work on your foundation and so foundational truths are just so important and imperative for us as a believer that I see, I, I see uh, blocks of Scripture, a certain block of Scripture that we come back to, that I come back to regularly as just a Christian. And I want to give it to you today because, again, foundational issues are imperative for you to build your life on that you get built on the right foundation Jesus actually was talking to some of the people there in the in the Gospel of Matthew and he said that there were two guys that they heard the Word of God and and one guy built his life on the sand and the other guy built his life on the rock and he says the storms of life came to both men and the the, the guy whose whose life was built on the sand he heard the Word but but when the winds of change and the storms and pressure came it wrecked his house He, he crashed man just just fell down flat but the other person that built their life and built, built their, 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 their their entire focus and direction on the rock was the person that Jesus said that heard the word and then actually did the word. So so listen, today, I'm so grateful that you're in the room. I really am. I'm thrilled that you're here in the room. But can I just tell you, don't just hear what the word of God is saying, and hopefully you're able to listen beyond my words and, and my voice. Don't just hear it. You have to now do it. Because when you do it, your life is being built on an unsinkable ship. Listen to me. Unsinkable. Your life will be built on a rock and a, a, a foundation that the wind and the pressure and the stress of life, the, the circumstances of life don't have to, you know, huff and puff and blow your life down where you can stand against anything because you are a hearer and a doer. Can you say amen, everybody? Let's jump in today as we talk about this. I think it's important before we even get to this block of scriptures in the book of Ephesians that Jesus said of Jesus that John actually wrote in the book of John, the book that he authored. He was one of Jesus' disciples, probably one of the closest. And he said this in John 1:12, but as many as did receive and welcome him, welcome Jesus, Jesus gave them the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become a child of God. And he says to those that would believe in his name and adhere to trust and rely on him. So, so the Bible says that anybody that believes in him, anybody that trusts God, anybody that welcomes Jesus into their life, he gives you the authority, he gives you the power, he gives you the privilege and the right to become a child of God. That's powerful, that you have the, been given the right, the power, the privilege, and authority to be a child of God. But how many know that you can have the right power, privilege, and authority to become a child of God and don't know what it means? <laughs> What does that mean? What does that mean to be a child of God? What what do I have access to? What what belongs to me? Oh, you, you know what, what what's in my DNA? What who is my father? And and now who am I as uh, as a child of God? What it says you're a son of God. You're you've welcomed into your life, and so you, you are a child of God, and you have access. The scripture says to everything that now belongs to you. And so with that basis, with that foundation, we, 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 we're going to go to the Word of God in just a minute, to a certain block of scriptures. And I said it in the first service, and hopefully this isn't kind of throwing or derailing you in any way. The, the, the Bible, these 66 books, they are 100% the Word of God. We've got them in our Bible. We've got them there. It is, it is uh, the canon of scriptures the Bible talks about. But there are certain blocks or certain portions of Scripture that I would say mean more to you than maybe some others. And there are certain blocks and portions of Scripture that are just so rich in in Bible thought and God thought for you in just a condensed couple of verses that I think you regularly should go back to them. What what we're going to read in just the next couple of moments from the book of Ephesians chapter 1, I believe... Are Those foundational scriptures that you need to visit and revisit regularly Don't make this be just a one-and-done and done where you're hearing what I'm saying or or you read it And then you never go back. I want to encourage you. This is something this is Foundational truths for your life that the devil I really believe wants to try to shake you from but if you go back regularly and revisit them you won't get blown off course and your life will be built on the rock. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. I heard this past week, so this is, a, this is a, just a quote that I robbed from somebody, so let me give it to you. This person said this, God will not force you to exercise what you have access to. I love that thought. Look at that. Stare it down. God will not force you to exercise what you have access to. In other words, when our four children, Brittany was young, you know, here she is over 30 now, and and she's got got one child, and she's got one on the way. Uh, Come on, you're 30 now, aren't you? You're 31. How old are you? You are. No, you are. You're old. Come on, girl. And... (laughs) And so when she was just a little girl, you know, we had the high chair and and I remember seeing Kimberly You know, she was the main feeder if you will I did my chore I did my chore with feeding the kids if you will But I remember just watching her that she'd get Brittany She'd put Brittany or Michael and Jude or Chloe in in the high chair and you know Buckle them in and put that little you know That little tray there in front of them and and get the Gerber's baby food and then get the little you know Get the the baby spoon and 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 start 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 feeding them and and they would they would over the course of time Start open their mouth and eating then then pretty soon and they wised up to, to, to certain flavors they liked or didn't like, certain vegetables they liked or didn't like. And, and so they turned their face. And, 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 and do, do you know that if the parent said, you know, then I'm not feeding you, just, just forget it, and walked away and left the baby strapped in there? Even though the baby had had the ability to eat, they didn't exercise the right to eat. The baby would sit there with food in front of them and die. And this is what happens to us spiritually. You are a child of God, you are an heir of God. All the word of God belongs to every person that says yes to Jesus, but you have to personally exercise your right to eat of it. Come on, everybody so we want to encourage you as you hear the Word of God today just say I'm gonna be a doer of the Word of God I'm not gonna be a hearer only I'm gonna be a doer of the Word of God I'm gonna read the Word of God And so I actually challenge the first service and I'll challenge you if you are not on a daily reading Bible plan this year and some of you already are or maybe you're reading the New Testament through a year or you're reading certain books of the Bible I don't want to derail you off that but if you are not on a Bible reading plan here's what I want you to do When you see these seven points today, I challenge you to read these scriptures once a day, at least once a day, for the next seven days. And I will guarantee you, when you come back next week, you will be further along spiritually than you are right now. Why? Because you're hearing the Word of God, and you're doing the Word of God, and your life is going to start making a trajectory toward God in a new and a special way. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. I believe it. Let's go to the Word of God, and let's find out what it tells us who we are. Number one, it tells us that you are blessed. Amen. Ephesians 1, 3. Look what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Make this declaration with me. Say it with some boldness: I am blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed. He's blessed you, he says, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. You'll see the phrase in Christ or in whom or in him mentioned about 120 to 135 or 40 times in the New Testament based on what translation you read or you read because the apostles who wrote the word of God are now saying your place is now in Christ, in him. You need to view your circumstances as now in Christ. In him how many know if you're in him and in him is all power and in him is all might and in him is all love and in him is all joy and in him is all peace and you are in him that should be working in you you need to see yourself recognize who you now are not who you are trying to become working to try to become something is Old Testament finding out who you now are is New Testament it's completely changed doing something to get the benefit of God is Old Testament receiving the benefit through Christ Jesus is the New Testament you got to live in the right you got to live in the right Testament So it tells us that you are blessed, not trying to be blessed, not praying to be blessed, not sending pray for me prayer emojis. You are blessed. Now, this is not talking about earthly natural blessings. It's not talking about a new Range Rover, a new condo, a a new refrigerator. He's talking about spiritual blessings. So again, look what it says here on the screen. Spiritual blessing refers to every right and privilege you now have as a believer. So the blessing that God gives you you are blessed with every spiritual blessing every right and every privilege that the scripture says is now yours You have access to love you have access to joy. You have access to answered prayer You have access to peace you have access to forgiveness of sins You have access to have a relationship with God not based on what you've done based on who you know and you know Jesus And now you have access to the Father The blessing I love this. This blessing means the empowerment to grow strong in every area of your life. So where there's any kind of deficiency, where there's any kind of weakness, where there's any kind of inadequacy, we could say, this blessing gives you the power and the strength that you can now overcome that and be who God wants you to be. Some of us have been born in homes where there's just dysfunction, And there's crazy and there's hurt and you could go back and listen to me. I'm not against this, but let me just say this. You could be in counseling the rest of your life and never come to the foundation or or never come to the root cause. And it might have been what that dad did and what that mom did. And it might have been what that brother did to you or that sister did to you and that, that person who did awful things to you. And and, and yet, if you don't realize that those things now become gone in Christ, and the foundation of my life now is I'm a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things have become new. That was part of my past, but it is not part of my future. Because you are blessed. This divine ability causes you to win in every area of your life. If you're single, you can win in your singleness. It, it, you know, and just go through life and don't have to jump in bed after bed or or try to lie and cheat and try to make your way up and, and not try to be something and look at the movies or look at friends and try to act out and be and, and position your life and if I'm married couple I don't have to I don't have to you know you know uh, use my boldness and anger to get something done as a man or I don't have to twist and contort things or or do something that's anti-Christ to to get approval from somebody else because the foundation of my life you and I Christ followers we ha- are already blessed now it says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven, heavenly places in Christ, and one author says this, since that is true, we should bless God with our life. So the big picture is, since I, maybe, maybe, maybe this is the problem with, with us or with Christians in general, is that we don't bless God with our life because maybe we don't realize we're blessed. Uh, maybe maybe we, we're going through life and we're just trying to take things to ourselves and we're trying to hold on and, and we don't give or we don't serve or, or we don't want to get involved and, and we stay on the sidelines of life and, and we just sit on our hands, so to speak, and, and, and we, we, we get frustrated with other people and why are they asking me to do and I, I thought I surrendered my life and, and I thought it would be just me to, me to give God what I want, when I want. No, no, no. If you surrender your life, he has all of you now. And he wants to use you. And now, now, now your mind needs to change to realize that everything you have for me, I can enjoy on the earth because I'm blessed. So I give you back my life. And I give you back my trust. And I'm asking you to use, use me. God puts everything in you at salvation, is what we're reading, so that you in turn... Would recognize who you now are and serve him with everything he put inside you. So everything he put inside me, that he's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So now I in turn use what you blessed me with to serve you, not serve myself. Thank you for your peace, and now it's just for me. No, 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 no. The Prince of Peace lives in me, so I'm going to go into unpeaceful situations, and I'm going to bring and dispense the peace of God. Uh, When I go into chaotic situations, I'm coming in with love. I'm coming in with the fullness. I'm coming in with joy so I can change the environment around me. It's not just for me or you. It's for everybody around us. The first thing, the foundation of our life, the Apostle Paul says, is you need to realize you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. You are deficient in nothing. You are adequate in everything. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. Secondly, you're chosen. Come on, say that with me. I'm chosen. That's what he tells us in verse 4. He says, he chose us in him. There's a phrase, in him again. This is in Christ. He chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. God chose you. God chose you. Here's what it means, guys, is that God personally chose you. He selected you and called you out. He personally chose you. He selected you. He called you out. I don't know about you, but I've been left off a lot of teams. I've been left off, you know, a little kid out there while they're picking, you know, uh, guys to play baseball or kickball or whatever. I remember uh, graphically being the last one picked. Nobody picked me. Nobody chose me. Everybody wanted the bigger kids, and so that kind of motivated me when I was when I was young. And I remember I remember specifically I loved to play basketball, and I, I was this little white runt kid, man, which I grew. And nobody chose me. I wanted to play with the bigger guys, and so I'd go. I went down to the YMCA, and I I challenged myself, and nobody played. And so I get kind of nasty, and I'd elbow guys, and I'd dive for the ball, and I I, I wanted to be chosen to prove myself. Listen to me. You don't need to prove yourself to God. It's impossible to do that. So listen, just stop trying to be something you're not. He already chose you. He chose you. You're already on his team the minute you say yes to him. He he personally chose you. When? Here's the key. You were chosen before you did anything for God. It says before the foundations of the earth. The first scripture in the Bible, guys, says, in the beginning God made the heaven and the earth. Before he did that, he saw you, and he chose you. I don't care how you came into the earth. I don't care how you came in with a broken home. You don't know your dad. You don't know your mom. I don't care if you came through here via rape, your mom got raped, and you're here. You are chosen by God. Before the foundation of the Lord, God's got a plan for your life. Listen, you need to believe that and you need to get up every day and say, I'm chosen, I'm blessed. Come on, everybody. I'm chosen, I'm blessed. Here's the key, though. Again, there's two schools of thought in the New Testament, two different kinds of uh, belief systems, if you will, meaning that there's a certain group of Christians and and they love God. I, I, I know with all my heart they love God, but they believe God chooses certain people and doesn't choose certain people. It's called predestination. We'll talk about it right after this in a minute. It's kind of combined with the choosing and the predestination. Is that, is that some God, God says yes to one and no to another. I don't see that in the scripture, guys. So, so let me just tell you this. I believe everyone is chosen, but you must choose him in response. Everyone's chosen. Everyone's chosen. God so loved the world that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. Whoever. That, that, that's, the, that, that's the open... Open requests for anybody, anybody who believes, anybody who believes that he has chosen me becomes chosen. My response to him is, is necessary. The scripture says that he chose you, we read, in, in particular, he chose you and gives you the power to live holy and set apart lives, is what he says. He chose us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I want you to get the picture. This week, God chose me to be holy. God chose me to live a life before him blameless. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean you're ever going to reach that. But I think that so many times when it comes to living a holy life, whatever that means to you, certain shows you can't watch, certain places you can't go, certain things you can't say, certain things you can't do. I think there there are certain things in Scripture that are pretty plain. I'm not going to be the Scripture police for you. you got the Holy Spirit inside you. You listen to him. But let me tell you what. What I have found, the closer I get to God, the more holier I want to be the closer I get to the Word of God, the more holier I want to be. The cl- meaning, I just, want to, I just want to please God. I, I, just, I just want to live a life that's pure. I don't want to live a life that's arrogant, or I don't want to live a life that's judgmental. I don't want to live a life that's lustful. I don't want to live a life that's impure. Whatever that means to you, but I'm telling you, if you're struggling with any kind of sin, if you're struggling with what you believe is any kind of unholy behavior, my plea to you is just get closer to God and realize I'm chosen, and I'm going to draw near to you, and you're going to draw near to me, and things in my life are just going to burn off my life. Can you say amen and amen and amen yeah third thing we find out is that you're predestined again foundation of your life you're predestined you're predestined let's talk about it It says in verse 5 that God has predestined us adoption as adoption as his sons by Christ Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will again look at that the good pleasure of his will think about that God you you give God good pleasure you please God God chose you according to the pleasure of His will. This week, let's get that thought, that I please God. I can please God into everything I do. I please God as a student. I please God in my work. I please God in in my marriage. I please God God when I'm mowing the grass. I please God when I'm riding my bike. I please God when I'm washing my clothes. Come on, in my life, you please God. Not just your worship time, your whole life, you are pleasing to God. Man, He's predestined to us, it says, as adoption. Adoption is sons, that God adopted us. He wanted us. We've got some good friends. They pastor church up in, up in uh, Claremont, Nick and Carrie Fox, they've been with us before they were with us on Friday night. Uh, they, they had the opportunity to adopt two kids uh, again through adoption a lot of times a scenario You know the situation kids going through some tough stuff and maybe maybe some crazy stuff going on with with, with the, the, the mom Had to give up the the, the kids or, or child for adoption and maybe maybe it was a really rough situation And that's what a lot of them are and li- listen to me God looked at your life and he looked at my life and he said the, the, the nature of sin is inside you and and you're Separated from me and and I, I want you on that that's why I'm sending Jesus, so that you would come back to me. And I, I set my love on you, and I chose you, and I predestined a great plan for your life. I've adopted you, but you've got to say yes to me. Amen. And so, this family that we know, like in all of them, the, the, the mom and dad, right? The, 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 the new parents that said yes to those kids. They said yes to them, and they realized the drama and the trauma and the brokenness and the hurt, even as young kids, that they had gone through. But yet, their love was loving them. And listen, the love of the Father is reaching out to you today to say, I've adopted you. You're mine. I want you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to die for you. I did die for you through Christ Jesus. The cross speaks of the immense love of God for your life. And he's predesigned a great plan for your life. Predestination just simply means this, pre-designed. That God has a plan for mankind to become God's sons. What a great thought. God's got a predesigned plan for your life. Listen. Listen. The, the, the number one thing is, He's designed you to be a child of His. Uh, to, to, that's the pre-designed plan. To just recognize that you need Him, and He's already made a plan for you to come in close relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. Jesus, like I, I like to say it this way, Jesus did all the heavy lifting. <laughs> the cross was pretty heavy, don't you think? Not physically, but spiritually. It went to hell for you. Suffered and died for you. Paid the penalty of of, of your my sin. And now He just simply says. You say yes to me, you choose me, you realize that that I've blessed you and I've pre-designed a plan for your life. Anybody ever ever gotten off track and you've got Google Maps and it says recalibrating? (laughs) Happens regularly when you go to a new city, it happens regularly to me because I think think that I've almost come up to the right intersection and and almost imperatively I take the earlier turn. (laughs) And so it says recalibrating and that thing starts spinning, right? Thank God for Google, gets you right back on track. Well, how many know we got better than Google? We got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. The Bible says this in the book of Ephesians. Again, the great book you need to read. It says you are God's workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, which God predestined for you to live in. And he says that you could take take the good path, the right path that he's already prearranged and made ready for you to walk in. Listen, there's a highway for you. There's a road map for you. There's a will and a purpose for your life. It's a Google map. In our life, you know, we need to go to the counselor and and I remember in high school They they would take us through the classes and try to find out what your aptitude is and what you're good at and I'm down with that That's great But how many know you and I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us who is a genius who will get you from where You're at and get you tracking through life in school or in marriage or in business or career But not only that in the spiritual gifting and DNA that's on your life in the fingerprint of God that's on your life And it'll get you moving through life doing the right thing with the right people at the right time because there is a pre-designed plan for your life. And if you get off uh, the on-ramp or the off-ramp and and you check out earlier or you just say, man, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, you leave God. Listen to me. There's going to be a navigating system going on. Recalibrate. Turn around. Come on, you ever heard that on on, on your phone or your car? Turn around. Go around. You know, next exit. You're going to keep hearing it until you get back on track. So my plea for you is that you realize that God has predestined you to live a God-honoring life. You have already been adopted. You've already been chosen. You already have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. The Apostle Paul says this, number four, he says, you're accepted. All these words just dovetail. He says, you're accepted. You are accepted. In Ephesians 1, 6, he says, He made us accepted in the Beloved. The Beloved is a great, great word. It means those that are alive on the earth, but those that have already gone to heaven. That there's a family in heaven and earth. How many of y'all, how many of y'all are members of a, of a big family, like you have a family re- reunion, you go, I don't even know that uncle. Come on, i never seen that uncle in like a thousand years. You know what are saying? Like you got a big family. We got a pretty big family in heaven and earth. All the people that have gone on before that have served God, come on, heaven is going to be an amazing place. Don't miss heaven. Come on, everybody. Don't miss heaven. So, so if you're not going to miss heaven, you're going to have to get God working in your life down here. But he tells us that you have already been accepted. Accepted. So, so this, this word is rich. Look on the screen. You have been given special honors, what it means. And you are highly favored. You're accepted. Special honor and highly favored. And so you don't need to go through life looking down to other people. That's not what we're talking about. You need to look around and puff your chest out and just kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm favored of God. I'm, I'm accepted by God. I, I've got the grace of God in my life. That's not what we're talking about. It's an internal knowing who God is and now who you are because of Jesus Christ. That you have been accepted. Nothing can take that away from you. You have been given special honor. You're highly favored. So this really speaks of the worth of God in your life, that you're valuable, you're precious, you're loved by God. Nothing can change that. Again, nothing you do can change that. This must be the foundation of your life because we are geared in this life, if you do this, you get this. It's called consequence, which there is some of that in the Scripture, but can I tell you, you don't do anything to get accepted. He accepted you. He accepted you. He gives you favor, He gives you honor. So again, this acceptance in Christ has nothing to do with your works. If I just pray, I I just don't feel like God really loves me because I, I, I'm not, I'm just not reading my Bible. Wrong thought. I I, I must not be accepted because I've only come to church once in the last month. Wrong thought. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's not what you do. It's who he is. He has accepted me. Should you come to church? Yeah, because I'm the best preacher in San Diego. I'm just seeing if you're awake. I'm just seeing if you're awake. I'm just seeing if the coffee kicked in. You're accepted because Jesus Christ has already accepted you. Man, he loves you the way you currently are. Now let me just stop for a second there. The way you currently are, he loves you so much, he won't leave you the way you currently are. Because he's got great plans for your life. He's got great desire for your life. He's got great love for your life. But he accepts you the way you are right now. That's, that's just how freeing is that? Uh, th- 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 fifthly, just three more here. You're, you're doing real good. Uh, he, the, the scripture says that you're redeemed right now this is a big word because we really don't use it in our uh, generation this is a word that's that's bible word used lots of times in the new testament and the old testament about redemption but this word we find in ephesians 1:7 here it is it says in him again there's that phrase in him in christ you, we have redemption through his blood through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and the forgiveness of sins so so we have redemption Through his blood. So you are redeemed. Not not one day gonna be redeemed. Right now you are redeemed. So let's talk about it. His blood, his blood is what redeems us or purchases our freedom from the sin nature. His blood is what redeems you or purchases our freedom from the sin nature. Now, Now listen, someone who hasn't made Jesus the Lord of their life is bound in sin. Is away from God, estranged from God, incapable of living the life that God wants them to live because they have not surrendered to his choosing yet. The minute they say yes, the 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 the, the, the hold and the, the cord of sin is broken and now the power of redemption becomes available to them and what this word means it's 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 rich this word means is that is that God through Jesus Christ came looking for us and was willing to pay any price to get us and the only price that was necessary or the only price that would solve our sin issue was a perfect sacrifice which was the blood of Jesus Christ it wasn't the blood of anybody else it wasn't the great martyr it wasn't a, a human It was God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, through the virgin birth, becoming sinless and taking on our sin. That now, through His blood, we all can experience perfect and total redemption. Man, man, I told, told the first service this goofy little story that I heard years ago, but it still bears witness and. Talks about you know just all these things how how we've been accepted and but how we've been redeemed and how God changes us from the inside out again He doesn't change us from the outside in He changes us from the inside out so He gives us a different nature. But I heard a story years ago about you know a farmer and and he they're out there in Kansas and they raise cows and chickens and you know they farm and they also have pigs and and, and the, their big you know pig got uh, got pregnant and gave birth to you know 12 to 15 little piglets and and the farmer had a little daughter Susie and, and she said she wanted one of those little piglets and so a oh man the farmer gave gave a little Susie the uh, the little piglet and and all the other pigs would eat out there and and they do their thing out there and they they'd roll around where they rolled around but but not this little one that Susie had. And so Susie kind of trained him, you know, and, and he'd be in the house and, and she'd wash him and she'd clean him and, and she put a little red bow around him, you know, and, and she actually uh, painted, you know, little fingernails. And so there was this little piglet running around the house, not looking like a piglet, not acting like a piglet, eating around the table, if you will, on the floor and di- didn't didn't eat out there with the rest of them. Uh, but then one day uh, Susie, the farm door, just kind of opened up and the little piglet ran outside and, and little piglet saw mom saw, dad went right back into the mud puddle and wiggled around and squirmed around and got just like all full of mud and all full of junk like all the other pigs because all that was changed was on the outside but the nature of the little piglet never changed the piglet couldn't ever experience redemption on the inside Inside. The piglet, even though everything on the outside was clean, bow and nice nails, inside the nature of a pig was still there. You are no longer a little piglet. You have been redeemed. Somebody shout, Amen. Man, Jesus paid the price for your redemption. So now my thinking changes, now my belief changes. Now my expectation changes. Now my hope changes. Now my outlook changes. Now my desires change. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to say that. I don't want to think that. I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to be this way. Why? Because you've got a new nature. Let this be the foundation of your life. Because the enemy wants to wreck. Your foundation. Sixthly, just two more. We find out that you have an inheritance. Man, you have an inheritance. It tells us in verse 11 that in him, again, in Christ, we've obtained an inheritance. We've obtained it. Notice, we have, have, past tense. Not one day gonna. You have obtained an inheritance. It's yours right now. You can enjoy it right now. Now the inheritance, look on the screen. The inheritance is every promise and provision that Jesus made available for us to enjoy in the earth, but also what's waiting for us in heaven. So it's twofold. It's what you can enjoy while you're on the earth right now, but it won't have its fulfillment till you get to heaven because we are living in a sin-stained world. But the Apostle Peter says this inheritance, I love it, he says, it can never perish, it can never spoil, it can never fade away, and it's reserved waiting for us in heaven. We can enjoy it now, but we can't enjoy it to the fullness again because we're living in a dark world, and we're lights in it, and God's going to help us, and he's in us, and he's going to navigate us through all this. But we know sin's all around us. We know fear. We know negative circumstances are everywhere. But in the middle of it all, the Scripture's clear. You have an inheritance. The promises, as we sang today, The promises of God are yes and amen. Come on, yes and amen. They're for me. They're for my family. Concerning every area of my life, I have an inheritance that I can enjoy now, but is waiting for me in heaven, the fulfillment of that in heaven. And if I don't see everything, I love it. You know, if you've been with us on the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I love the very last day that we celebrated on Friday as we finished and concluded our 21 days in the devotional that we read. The chapter was about standing and believing God in faith regardless if you see what you desire to see or not. It says these, Hebrews 11, these great heroes and heroines of faith, these died, some died in faith not seeing everything but can i tell you something they didn't see it on this side on the earth but they did see it on that side so you keep believing you keep trusting you keep pressing and you keep hoping that what you find in the scripture is your inheritance right now don't let go of god don't let go don't let go of the word of god lastly what we find here you've listened real good today lastly we find in Ephesians 1 is that you're sealed. You're sealed. Ephesians 1 11 says this, having believed, you believed in Jesus, he says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. You were sealed. Now, now the word sealed means to stamp with a signet ring for, for security, for security. Stamp with a signet ring for security, for preservation. And we, you've seen those older movies, you know, uh, back in the palace or the, uh, the the castle. We could probably say, and the and the, and the, the the lights are dim, and they've got a candle on, on the you know on the table, and and the king or somebody important is there, and, and there's a there's a letter, and they they've gotten dabbed in the in the inkwell and written the letter, and then and then they they take it and they fold it and they put it in an envelope, and, and they don't lick it because there's no glue. They, they didn't do that, and they they would take the, the ring, and there was there would be a, 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 a some type of of container there that. Had had some hot wax and and the king would take the seal you've seen the movies and and he'd put his ring in it and then he'd stamp the envelope and if the envelope went to wherever it was going the the the, the, the this was notarizing it and if it was ever open the seal was broken it would invalidate the contents it, it had been tampered with and they, they would know that when they just put the wax on it the bible says you're sealed with the holy spirit of promise Listen to me, this this means the Holy Spirit in your life is God's claim that you belong to him. You belong to him, you've been sealed. That's God's claim on you. Man, nothing, Jesus said, nothing can separate you from my love. Nothing. Paul wrote this, not death, not life, not angels, not principalities, not powers, not things present, not things to come, nothing can separate you from my seal my stamp on your life but what I found especially now that again with grandkids I'm thinking about six or seven eight weeks ago we were in Vegas and we saw you know our our two grandkids over there and and my grandson we were out walking around if you've been to Vegas Summerlin uh, uh, the whole shopping area it's outside it's cool and and I had a hold of his hand and and we were walking, and he's kind of like, you know, a little bit of, he's not quite, you know, he'll be three here, February 3rd, same as Kimberly's birthday. And, and he's a little bit of a wild child. Come on, he's a little bit of a runner, you know. And so I, I had him, and 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 he tried to run out, like, like break free of my hand and try to run out. Just, he doesn't pay attention. He doesn't know cars. He doesn't know traffic. He doesn't know danger. And so we tried to run out from the sidewalk out on the road, and I just grabbed him tight. Like, like major, no, major. I just grabbed him tight. Just him. Man, I just think so many times in our lives, guys. We don't realize that God sealed us, and we're trying to break the seal. We're trying to do our own thing. We're trying to go our own way. And all the while, God's grip on us, and he's trying to just hold us and protect us and keep us, not not from enjoyable things, but from things that can hurt us and, and damn us and Will destroy us. Listen to me. My plea to you this morning is just staying in the hand of God, letting God grip you, letting God hold you, letting God seal you. That my life, I surrender. My life, I yield. My life, I give again. And I'm not trying to get out of your hand, Lord. I'm trying to do my own thing. I want you in my life I want to stay here with you Jesus said this I love it he said nothing can snatch you out of my hand nothing can snatch you out the only thing I found is when I want to break the grip of God's grace on my life I don't want it I want to do my own thing I want to go my own way I want to run with my own friends. I want to do my own thing. I want to sleep around. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to have my own stuff. I don't want to lay my life down. I don't want to serve you, even though you maybe have before or even are right now. And God will let us run from Him until we decide to run to Him. But can I tell you something? His blessing will always be on your life. His choosing will always be on your life. His acceptance will always be on your life. His predestination will always be on your life. It'll always be there. His inheritance will always be on your life. You might not be enjoying it while you're away, but the reality is it's there and available. And so he just simply says, will you come back? And the minute you come back... You get a chance to enjoy all the benefits of God again and again and again. Can you say amen, somebody? Can somebody yell out, I'm sealed? Come on, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Come on, bow your head. Close your eyes. You listened real good today. Father God, today we just thank you for these families.